Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. I'm Grace Parjani. Grace, you're not Alyssa, Um, but I do have a question for you. Grace. Yes, ma'am. Who is the last person you flipped off and what did they do? Uh, Toyota Camry, Valley Circle Drive, two days ago, cutting me off in traffic. Valid, valid. But can I just, can I offer a tip to everybody listening right now? I used to, I used to be a habitual flip offer. Because it's just so easy, right? Um, I've started making eye contact with people and shaking my head no or giving a thumbs down. And it is, like, more effective than the middle finger. That's so interesting. You mean in traffic, like in the car. You in traffic, like give someone a, a thumbs down or make eye contact and shake your head like, you moron, you idiot. I love that. Um, I love that. I love that. Do you honk too? Um, No. No, I'm okay. not a hunker unless it's like a safety issue. Like you need to pay attention to me and move out of the way. But I don't normally, no, I don't honk. From now on, disapproving, yeah. shaking of head and a thumbs yes. down is, is yes. my new go-to move. The, gra- the grandma glance. I love it. Exactly, exactly. This week, we are joined by Zakia Thomas, Kara Clank, and Julissa Arce to take on the following questions. Who actually needs thoughts and prayers? Where does the fight to ratify the ERA stand today? And what makes Gwyneth Paltrow so fascinating? All this and more right now. Okay, we have some news to get to. Grace is graciously filling in for Alyssa Mastromonaco this week. Alyssa will be back next week. Nobody worry. She's just taking a week off. We, we should all take a week off sometime. I would yes. love to do that one day. Can't wait. No, it's <laughs> on the calendar. I'm definitely going to be taking a week off at some point. But Grace, thank you so much for filling in. We're really happy to have you. A delight as always. I love you. Love hysteria. It's so happy to be here. Yes. I'm happy you're here too. I wish that the lead news story were not the same lead news story that we see <sighs> so many times. And it's so frustrating. And 
here we are again, another school yeah. shooting. Um, on Monday, a 28-year-old from Nashville fatally shot three children and three adults at a private Christian elementary school uh, after leaving behind writings and detailed maps of the school and the school security protocols. Um, they were armed with an AR-15 pistol, a Smith & Wesson, and a 9mm pistol. I don't know guns, but what I do know is that AR-15s do incredible damage to human bodies, and the shooter was uh, killed when police engaged them. Um, it was horrible. Another horrible story. Um, Grace, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you know, it is incredibly frustrating to try to find eloquent words to uh, to describe when this happens time after time. Um, you know, the, the, I think a, a mind frame shift that has happened to me is uh, obviously the thoughts and prayers path um, is frustrating to hear coming from our Congress people. Feels like we should start shifting our thoughts and prayers to them now, you know, that that as much as I want to offer as much grace and support and and love to the families uh, of the victims, uh, I, I don't know what it is going to take to force our Congress people to action. Um, because these kinds of activities, uh, these kinds of incidents are, are not doing it. Um, so maybe they're the ones who need thoughts and prayers, you know, maybe we need to start praying for our Republican Congress people so that they can start making the moves that need to happen in order to, uh, pass some gun reform. So the accessibility of these arms is at least mitigated in some way. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that really drives me up a wall about this, um, so gun violence is so pervasive in this country that it touches everybody, right? We saw mm -hmm. footage mm -hmm. of a local news reporter who talked about, during her her news hit about the shooting, she talked about surviving a school shooting when yes. she was in eighth grade. We have kids going to college, surviving mm -hmm. school shootings in college, who were in school shootings when they were in elementary school. Um, and then we have people like... It's touching people regardless of your party, right? Guns are now mm -hmm. the leading cause of death for children and teenagers in America. More than cars, mm -hmm. guns are the leading cause of death for children and teenagers. And it, it touched Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, who mm -hmm. his wife is apparently friends with one of the people who was killed in the shooting. Mm. Like, it doesn't... Like, gun deaths impact everybody. And it's sort of like, right. I don't know, you know, we have all these thoughts and prayers. You know, Lee signed a bill in 2021 that allowed people to openly carry handguns without permits. Mm -hmm. Without permits. That was so crazy. one of his most important policy agenda pieces for the year 2021. And he thanked the NRA for, quote, helping get this done he he is he hasn't done anything but make conditions more right for somebody who shouldn't have guns being able to access guns and use them in a way that is deadly. Also, you know, we have to give a shout out to Tennessee Representative Andy Ogles, who represents <laughs> the district. Yeah. Um, he wrote, my family and I are devastated by the tragedy that took place at the Covenant School in Nashville this morning. We're sending our thoughts and prayers to the families of those lost. As a father of three, I'm utterly heartbroken by this senseless act of violence. While he is a father of three, and in his Christmas portrait this year, two of those three were holding large guns. Him and his wife were holding large guns. Yeah, did you see Did you see the caption, Grace? I did, I did, yeah. 
the very atmosphere of firearms anywhere and everywhere restrains evil interference. They deserve a place of honor with all that's good. It's haunting. It's not cute. It's not funny to witness. It's haunting. It's scary. It's eerie. Uh, I, I had to look away. It's it's an image that is seared in my brain. Uh, and, and my God, I wish it wasn't. But it's it's uh, it's 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 an ugly, ugly image. Yeah, I just think I see that, and I'm just like, you're a gross person. Yeah, you're a gross yeah. person. And I only hope I hope for his kids. I hope his kids grow up to have more sense than he does and to be better human beings than he is um, because they've got a dad that's a real shit stain, like a real shit stain. Yeah. And, and I, I feel bad for the kids because I can only, I, I did not grow up with firearms in my house. I have, I did grow up in Texas. So certainly there was an, uh, an air of, familiarity with them being a thing. Um, but I never expressed any interest in them, had no family members who expressed any interest in them. I can only imagine how difficult it would be to disentangle yourself from familiarity and comfort with firearms at a young age if you grow up exposed to them uh, at, at such a tender part of your life. So I really, I really feel for them. And man, it just, I, I, I just feel so awful for the students who experience this. I mean, apart from the victims themselves, the students who are in these schools, I mean, this, you know, it just, it, like you said earlier, it really touches everybody of all parties. And I don't know what it's going to take to, to get us out of this. Um, but I do feel like it's a very deeply American epidemic, deeply American. I wonder if the profile of the average gun owner that is really defensive about it is kind of graying. Um, mm. And I hate to be like, oh, let's just wait till the old people die. Um, <laughs> but it feels like there, our elected officials are so unwilling to do anything that the only thing that we have is to, like, just wait for, you know, people to pass away of old age and hope that they're replaced <laughs> by people that have a little bit more sense and a little bit more compassion, a little bit more empathy, um, and a little bit less insecurity, uh, yes, the, the insecurity point is so apt. I wonder also, I would be very curious to see what the NRA's tactics are in terms of trying to uh, get to people under 30. I don't know how many members there are in the N NRA who are younger than 30 or what the approach is to try to appeal to a younger demographic. But I think you're absolutely right that there is a generational shift taking place. Um, I, I hope that holds. And I hope that the money that the NRA has been able to amass, that they're somehow able to continue to amass, will remain in the hands of those who are super old so that it just kind of dies out with them and isn't something that can, will continue to be uh, appealing to younger people. Because you're right, if we can get to that pocketbook, if we can uh, get to this generation, I think that this is, I think that that's an approach to make this, um, at least in some ways, dissipate. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a little tough, though, as long as America is the world's arms dealer. It's going to be a little bit <laughs> tough to enforce that on right. a like micro level in our population. Um, right. I do want to give a toast. We're, we're going to we're going to take a break pretty soon so that we can have our interview. But I want to give a toast like a bright moment in these really dark times are always when you see people who are willing to stand up and actually try to do something, actually try to be brave. <laughs> I wanted to toast Ashley Beasley. I think a lot of us saw clips of her yesterday. She was a mom visiting Nashville uh, on vacation. 
And she took over the Fox News airwaves on Monday during a live hit from a reporter. She called out the country's lack of gun safety. She herself is a survivor of a mass shooting. She was at the July 4th parade shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. And she was a block away from Covenant School on Monday where she was visiting relatives and she heard shots. And she said, aren't you guys tired of covering this? Are you guys tired of being here and having to cover all these mass shootings? How is this still happening? How are our children still dying? And why are we failing them? And these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I mean, what else can be said? Incredible. Incredible. And I wonder how everybody at Fox felt in that moment, because there's something there's something so raw and so powerful and real and unscripted about that response. I am delighted that she... I was able to get that on camera. You know, that's that's awesome. I mean, it's it's a moment that I think um, I think that's going to continue to resonate for for a while. I'm very pr- proud of her. You know, it's it's hard to find voices that you feel proud of in these moments, but Ashley's definitely one of them. Yep. And here's hoping that people who prioritize gun access over the safety and lives of children start losing elections over it because it's yeah. past time for them to start losing elections over it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We're talking about the Equal Rights Amendment again. So stick around. And welcome back. On this podcast, we talk a lot about how women aren't going away anytime soon. And so neither is the Equal Rights Amendment. Our guest today is the perfect person to talk to us about that. She is the president and CEO of the ERA Coalition and the Fund for Women's Equality. She's also a professor at Georgetown Law, a licensed social worker, and a member of the board of Pro-Choice Virginia. Please welcome Zakia Thomas. Thanks so much for having me. So glad you're here. Um, What led to you joining the ERA Coalition? So my life actually led to this moment. Um, I joined the ERA Coalition in June of 2020. So I've only been on the job about eight months or so, but it's the perfect job. And I love it so much because every day I get to talk about equality and why it's still so important for us to have an equal rights amendment in our constitution. So my path is one of working in campaigns and working uh, with nonprofits. So this is the perfect blend of using my experience as a campaign manager and working with both uh, in the political realm and also working with nonprofits to advance a cause. So at the ERA Coalition, we are a movement of movements. We uh, are made up of over 280 um, partner organizations representing 80 million people. Um, and so really, we we have come from different uh, areas, different focuses, but at the core of the work that we do, all of these organizations and individuals understand that sex equality is important. And without it, our country won't be able to progress and many people will still be left behind. Mm -hmm. So this week, representatives announced the first congressional caucus for the Equal Rights Amendment, which, quote, aims to affirm the ERA as the 28th Amendment and establish constitutional gender equality as a national priority. How do you feel about this news? Does this mean anything? Like what's going to happen as a result of this? So we actually had a press conference uh, yesterday to announce the ERA caucus, Um, and I'm just excited. We have such dynamic and influential leadership on the Equal Rights Amendment and pushing this cause over the hurdle. Um, It's 100 years in the making for the caucus alone, and the fact that 100 years ago this month we was the first introduction of the Equal Rights Amendment into Congress. And so the new movement, the new energy, the new excitement that is around the, the Equal Rights Amendment is important because, unfortunately, the vast majority of our country thinks we already have an Equal Rights Amendment, which means they don't understand that we still need to push 
and fight this fight. Um, so I'm very excited because the more people we have engaged, the more folks like you who are talking about um, the Equal Rights Amendment with me and with others, the closer we are going to come to making equality a reality because more people will understand and appreciate that our rights are being rolled back. And this is one way in which we can fight against that. So uh, the word woman doesn't appear in the Constitution, by the way, which I... No, it does yeah. not. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, I guess, maybe the founders never intended for there to be women. Um, the ERA was first introduced to Congress in 1923. How has the fight for the amendment evolved over that hundred years? So we actually uh, have more support now than we've ever seen for the Equal Rights Amendment. Eight in 10 individuals think that we should have the Equal Rights Amendment in our Constitution and that sex equality should be a reality. Um, and you make a very good point. Um, the founders of our, of our country, they wanted women, but for a particular reason. Like if you think about when our Constitution was written, it was written for and by white landowning men. The vast majority of others in this country were property. Women were property. People of color were property. Um, and so if we want to see ourselves in the Constitution, we have to have ourselves in there, which means we need an equal rights amendment because it protects everyone against sex discrimination. So that's really what this fight is all about, is making sure that you can see yourself reflected in the most found, foundational document in our country and, and part of our law and making sure that people understand that, you know, just because you're you're making sure that everyone has equal rights, it doesn't take away anything from anyone else. It's all about evening out the equality, making sure we all have the same protections. So you're a legal scholar. As a legal scholar, how do you see like the ERA's ratification kind of upending some of the conservative battles against women's rights and LGBTQ rights that conservatives have won over the last decades? So I'm actually not a legal scholar, but all the legal scholars that I work with, and I work with many, um, they say the same thing. The Equal Rights Amendment would empower Congress to create laws to rectify the wrongs that are currently existing in our country. Um, and so really, it is a tool for not just Congress, but for the courts and for individuals to fight back against discrimination as we see it currently in our country. Right now, there's no there's no uh, protection against discrimination. And as we saw in uh, the Dobbs decision last year, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, which was used to protect against discrimination in many forms, isn't being read that way anymore. Those protections are going away. And so if we don't have the Equal Rights Amendment as a foundation, we're just going to continue to see our rights being stripped. I mean, if you read Justice Thomas's concurring opinion, he listed all of the rights and all the protections that they're going to go after next, because if the 14th Amendment uh, do Equal Protection Clause doesn't apply in these cases, then they're up in their fair game. Mm-hmm. Sakia, what is Woman Corp? Yes, Woman Corp is awesome. So, Woman Corp is a campaign we we created. Um, Ogilvy is uh, we are now their, one of their uh, celebrity causes or their, their charity causes. Ogilvy helped us put together this PR campaign, which basically highlights how ridiculous it is that our government will continue to fight and protect and expand rights for corporations where they're rolling them back for women. So we did the only thing we could think of. We actually incorporated a company and called it Woman because it is the only company in America <laughs> that the government will actually fight to protect. Okay. So it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go to womancorp.org. It's fantastic. You'll see our board of director, directors on there. Um, I've actually updated my LinkedIn profile for Woman Corp to say I'm the chief outrage officer. I encourage everyone to go to LinkedIn <laughs> and add their own title there too. I'm sorry, nothing. I don't know what you would choose. What would you choose if you were um, if you were a woman corp employee? Oh, uh, chief petty officer for sure. Because <laughs> uh, I'm petty. I'm petty as fuck. I'm petty as fuck, and I can hold a grudge 
forever and ever and ever. Um, that's amazing. Have you considered founding uh, like a woman religion or religion? Because I feel like this court is giving religions a lot of protection too. Church no, of women. I mean, that's a great idea. Yeah. Woman church or, you know, church of the, church holy, of lady. the holy woman. Yeah. <laughs> Our lady <laughs> of ladies. Yes. Um, that works. <laughs> we did it. We came up with some, this is a great writer's room. We've got some writer's room energy going on here. Um, so this has been going on for a century, this fight to get the ERA ratified. You know, you and I have only been alive for part of that century, but we've seen kind of, a lot of the most discouraging points in that battle. So what gives you the hope and strength to keep pushing? So it's sad to say that I have less rights than my grandmother did when she passed away 10 years ago. Like that should just not be the case because of the Dobbs decision, the bodily autonomy I thought I had isn't there and there are other protections and we see are being rolled away. So what gives me hope is this new energy that we see. We have a lot of young advocates who understand that this, the culture wars that are trying are being used to divide us don't make sense. At the end of the day, if they're looking towards their future and they realize that they're going to make so much less over the course of their career because um, they're not, because of the wage gap and because there's in, there's pay inequity, and that's a problem that they need to solve. And it's not just women, men, transgender individuals, boys, girls. It's for all of us. We need to understand and appreciate that. The status quo isn't working for the vast majority of us. And we, so we have so many new people in this fight. And as we saw with the um, equality caucus, the ERA caucus I, uh, that has just been announced in Congress, um, the leadership of that are black women who have are very influential and very dynamic and who are taking this mantle on because historically our movement hasn't been very diverse. And I think that's to our detriment. So we're making sure that we are a broad, inclusive, intergenerational movement because when one of us is being attacked and torn down, that affects all of us because we could, any one of us can be next. So if you're attacking trans individuals, if you're tracking young people, if you're attacking women's rights, then who are you going to stop coming after? And that's really why I'm very hopeful is because we see this intergenerational, intersectional um, movement uh, that is pushing forward and trying to get this done. And it's well received. As I said, eight in 10 people in the country already think we should have an equal rights amendment. And that support is growing. Well, Zakia Thomas, thank you so much for stopping by and come by again after the ERIA has been ratified and you're having like the, you know, weeks, weeks long celebration of, of that victory. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate your time. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. 
Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito... (laughs) <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ bar's ultimate sampler pack. That's seven IQ bars, four IQ mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle. Which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very like on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a oh yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm gonna just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah, perfect, perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers, I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're 
they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And welcome back, Grace. Grace. Yes, ma'am. Let's are you do ready? it. Are you ready to talk about the trial of the century? I woke up so excited to talk about this because uh, it's, nay, she has been on my mind for a few weeks now, but really for a few decades at this point. Um, this is a cultural yeah. icon who I think cannot be... Uh, must be entwined in American culture, in the conversations of American culture. Uh, she's just, uh, she's she's a star. Erin is what she is. Indeed. Indeed. She's a star. She's she's a lot. Um, I'm going to bring in our panel now. Uh, first off, catch our first panelist in Austin for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, April 19th to the 22nd. That's going to be so fun. Or listen to her anywhere on That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. Kara Clank, welcome to Hysteria. Thank you for having me back. I'm always surprised to be reinvited, but happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you are a law expert as an SVU podcast host, we're really, really glad to have your analysis yes. here. Thank today, you for, for bring- sure. thank you for bringing in my trial. Thank you, my trial expertise. <laughs> Our next panelist's book, "You Sound Like a White Girl: The Case for Rejecting Assimilation," is out now in paperback. It's Julissa Arce. Julissa, welcome to Hysteria. Thank you. I'm glad that I'm still plugging my book, but it's like slightly different. You know, mm-hmm. it's like now you can sure. get it in hardcover, you can get it in audio, and you can get it in a cute paperback version that weighs less and, you know, you can carry it everywhere you're going. So you can read it everywhere now. No excuses. I'm just, <laughs> just going to say, if you're doing like a long haul hike, if you're doing like a trek that's going to last like several weeks, you can't bring a hardcover book. You got to bring a paperback book and you rip the pages out as you're done reading them to save weight. So if you're going to do like or the Appalachian Trail. you could listen Trail, to the audio book. You that could point. do that. You could <laughs> do that. Yes. Then you will miss the sounds of nature. Um, but that's probably the most effective option if you want to reduce the amount of weight you're carrying. Okay. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I've been halfway paying attention to the trial of the century, which is going on in Utah right now. Of course, we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's ski accident trial. So the actress is being sued over a February 2016 incident in Park City, Utah, by an optometrist who alleges that the actress crashed into him on a bunny hill, causing him to break four ribs and sustain a head injury. He's suing her for $300,000. Paltrow alleges that he's the one who hit her and is countersuing for $1, which is a play straight out of the Taylor Swift legal handbook. So Gwyneth Paltrow, Park City, Utah, skiing, a countersuing optometrist. I feel like this is maybe the most Caucasian thing to ever happen, ever (laughs) in history. yes. 
Um, but I've only been I've only been half paying. I've never even been skiing. This is more Caucasian than me. I've yes. never even yeah. been skiing. I've um, never been okay. skiing. Wait, me neither. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, you're you not haven't either. Grace? That's true. I haven't either. But I've never been skiing before. <laughs> I did not know what skiing. Really I am. Was. I am the skiing expert. <laughs> the Mexican is the skiing. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Love it. <laughs> and, wow. And I have a story about Deer Valley too. So. <gasps> wow. Oh God, wow. This is amazing. This is why okay, I'm on so, the panel today. <laughs> ex- we knew this. We knew skiing expert Lisa Arce. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I've only been halfway paying attention to this trial, and so I turned to my most trusted legal scholar, Nancy Grace, for some analysis of the proceedings. And I want you all to hear Nancy Grace talking about a trial on her podcast. So let's give it a listen. Oh, I just had a thought. Okay, what about this? I started to say if she gets on the stand, but it's going to be when she gets on the stand. There- I agree. Did you remember how Alex Murdoch got hammered about lying? His lies were substantial and made the difference in life behind bars with no chance of parole or walking free. If he had not taken the stand, that could have happened. What about this? If Gwyneth Paltrow gets on the stand, but then the opposing counsel says, isn't it true that on your website that you endorse, you lie? And she'll say, no. And he'll say, really? Well, does this candle really smell like your vagina? Is that true? Your vagina. You're telling this jury your vagina smells like cedar wood. That would be a big no. I'm just guessing. I mean, yes, obviously it sells techniques to sell a lot of really expensive. How much are the candles, Jackie? Oh, the vagina candle is $75 for a 10-ounce candle. That's the first thing Jackie said when I walked in the studio today. You can buy Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle for $75. It's also a roll-on perfume, just so you know. (laughs) It's also a roll-on perfume. Incredible. It's also a roll-on perfume. First of all, Nancy Grace complaining about a $75 candle. I would encourage everybody listening to Google Nancy Grace House. It is like a... (laughs) It, it is like a rat king of McMansions <laughs> on an estate. So, like, Nancy Grace, I, like, I appreciate her cosplaying as, like, an every woman, but come on, lady, you can afford a $75 candle. That's, like, less expensive than, like, a lot of brands that you would get at, at Nordstrom, with Dipitique or whatever. That is whatever. Yeah, and anyway. it's like, if I'm going to get a vagina candle, I want it to be expensive. I don't want a dollar store <laughs> vagina candle. You know, like, <laughs> you be using the best wax. I want this to be, yeah, the diptyque vagina candle. Like, <laughs> um, So, like, I thought this was really funny because Nancy Grace, during this podcast, gets distracted multiple times by how expensive <laughs> things are on the Goop website and what's being <laughs> sold on the Goop website and how, all of the ways in which she, she gets distracted by things that have nothing to do with the trial, which is about... Gwyneth Paltrow did or did not run into somebody on a ski slope. Like it doesn't, none of that other stuff matters. But I feel like a lot of people when they're talking about this trial get caught up in the Gwyneth of it all because Gwyneth is such a cultural behemoth. So Kara, I want to start with you. Are you following the trial? Like what, what are your thoughts on what's going on in Park City? 
In the past couple of days, I have dove headfirst into the trial. I am consuming the content voraciously. I am obsessed with this trial. I think it's so funny. Um, I mean, it's not funny that a man has a concussion and says that his life has been completely changed. He's a little bizarre. The cast of characters is all just bizarre. I mean, like Gwyneth Paltrow is, I, I don't even know, like... I don't know what kind of character she's playing, but I'm sort of into it. And then the lawyer for the plaintiff is, as Evan Rosscat said on his Instagram, a out of a Christopher Guest. Like she's wearing like a powder blue suit and holding a, a, a wireless mic. It's like she's doing a stand-up set and she's trying to like be friends with Gwyneth mm -hmm. on the stand. It's so wild. Um, I listen. You want my you want my thoughts? My my initial thoughts. I, I think that. I don't think Gwyneth did anything wrong here. Listen, there's a thing with parenting now that I use with my daughter, and now she repeats it back to me, that two things can be true. I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast already. I've definitely talked about it somewhere. Two things can be true. Gwyneth Paltrow can be a wellness, like, snake oil salesman and be innocent of a ski hit and run. You know, like, I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of things I don't like about Gwyneth Paltrow, but I don't, she's been skiing her whole life. How, what was the velocity on a bunny hill that this man has a full concussion that's changed his entire he personality and broke ribs? He made her miss half a day of skiing. I mean, that's the real injustice. How dare? How <laughs> dare? I mean, like, to me, it's like Gwyneth Paltrow is like a performance to watch her do this because the money means absolutely nothing to her. If she loses, $300,000 will literally not even be a bad day for her. So... Like, and then the countersuit for a dollar, I just feel like it's, I don't know, maybe the stakes are so low. Maybe they're higher for this optometrist. Also, why did it take seven years to go to court? This mm -hmm. happened so also, long ago. So why is it going to trial yeah. at all? It's so weird that it's... Yes, I don't understand why it didn't get settled. And that's what I was talking about last night with someone, in, you know, as I was prepping in advance of this conversation. I was like, why <laughs> wouldn't she just settle and say, like, here's 75K or, 100 or whatever, and... They said, and my people I was talking to, my brother, and people were like, oh, I think like for her, it's the principle. Like, right? That's the $1 thing. It's like with Taylor, it's the principle of it. It's a principle. And I think it's also the publicity. The publicity, too, you know, because this is great. Yeah. We're talking about her. But I don't know if she could have ever predicted that this would be so viral the way it has been. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated. So, Julissa, I would love to hear your thoughts about this. And also, I want to hear your Utah skiing story um, <laughs> also. So, where are you at with the Paltrow trial? And why do you think, like, everyone is fascinated with it? Well, I must admit, and I might be revealing some hysteria at secret sauce. Um, so, let me know if I'm not supposed to say this. Stop me, producers. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we we, like… We agree to like, come on. And then we're like told like, this is like what we're going to talk about. Right. So like, I'm like, and I always say, yeah, like, I always want to be on hysteria. It's like my favorite thing to do. So I was like, yes, of course. Uh, and then I saw the, like, I saw what the, like what the topic was. <laughs> and I was like, man, for the first time, I'm actually going to have to do some like real research because I have no idea what's going on. And so I like, you know, I like read all the articles and I, I've, I mean, I've been consuming the one of Paltrow trial in the same way that I consume TikToks, which is like when my friends share them on Instagram, you know, like mm -hmm. that's yeah. the extent of what I've known about it. And I've not really cared to pay attention to it because 
I mean, I, I probably don't even have to say this, but, but, you know, if you know me, you know that like this kind of stuff just like annoys me more than anything else. Like the amount of, like the amount of, uh, the amount of attention that we give, particularly like white celebrities and like everything that they do. And I'm just like rolling my eyes. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess for entertainment purposes, but like I don't even watch reality TV. So like, I'm not like the target audience, you know, but I will say a few things. One is like, she's absolutely doing this for the publicity. Like she is getting way more than $300,000 in like earned media. Uh, mm -hmm. Because everywhere you look, there are articles about her. There are articles about her brand. Um, probably the Goop website has crashed from how many people have visited it. You know, definitely more people have visited it now than like ever probably. It, it is the $1, which is about the principal. But like, let's be clear, it's $1 yeah. plus her lawyer's fees. Yes. So like, oh, yes. if she wins, fees. you know, she's not going to be in a pocket, the lawyer's fees. And um, – yeah, I'm just kind of like, you know, is it possible he hit her and <laughs> this man can't, you know, can no longer wine taste? Like, I mean, that would be devastating for me if I couldn't wine taste anymore. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got not, I've got like eight months of not having been able to wine taste because I've been pregnant. <laughs> so I understand the devastation of not being able to indulge in the wine tasting. Like, I, I relate to that quite a bit. Um so I feel bad for the man for not being able to do that. You know, I also think she's not settling because it would be an admission of guilt. You know, when you settle, people mm. are like, oh, she absolutely hit him. And it is possible to get really injured on a bunny hill. I personally have not really? been injured on a bunny hill. But there was that one Whoa. celebrity whose name I don't remember who died from like a concussion <gasps> was that on, on a bunny slope. Natasha so Richardson? I cannot confirm that because I don't remember at all. Well, but I don't know I do if it was a bunny hill. Some... I always assume it's like a higher velocity hill when people get into serious accidents. No, it this is happen. why I don't ski. Skiing is scary to me. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and like uh, at Deer Valley, I it was not a bunny hill. It was it was a, a, a advanced <gasps> blue hill. No, and oh my God. I tore my ACL, MCL, and meniscus. Like oh I did that. Like it's called like the unhappy triad, and oh, and yeah, no. it was like it was like it's a very unfortunately like common skiing injury that you get this unhappy triad thing and it happened Ugh. at Deer Valley and somehow Ugh. I still managed to like ski down most of the hill like I don't oh. know how oh um, my god well gravity probably you can kind <laughs> of ski I could ski on my face if I wanted to as long as I was like headed downhill I could make it yeah. Um, and I have him wow. back. I have him back skiing since that accident happened because now I have a new knee. You know, my injured knee is, is better than my other knee now. Um, but anyways, just to close my thought on this, I yeah, um, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> if she wins or if she loses or, you know, like, she'll be fine either way. You know, if she right. wins or she loses, she'll be fine. She'll have all this extra media. People are talking about Wendell Paltrow probably in a way that we haven't talked about her in a long time. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, who cares? I mean, I think what seems to have happened is there have been a few like weird Gwyneth stories that aren't directly related to her being an actor or like her being an entrepreneur, like that have just kind of hit the news, bang, bang, one right after the other. And the other one is when she went <clears throat> on a podcast called The Art of Being Well 
and described her diet. <laughs> and I'm just just going to to say, you know, if you're listening and you it's it's tough for you to listen to descriptions of, you know, possibly disordered eating, then it might be a good idea for you to fast forward through the next few minutes. Um, but Gwyneth went on this podcast and described her diet. And basically what she has in the morning is black coffee. And then for lunch, she has bone broth. And then for dinner, she has vegetables. And that is framed, you know, it's on a podcast called The Art of Being Well. And it's it's being framed as like wellness practices. So Grace, I wonder what you make of that. Do you think that Gwyneth Paltrow is is promoting something harmful or do you think that she's just being honest about sort of the way a lot of celebrities eat? So first I'll say this. I've never had a colonoscopy, but I imagine that that is the exact diet you have to follow right before you get a colonoscopy. So <laughs> maybe she's just promoting good colonoscopy related health. Um, second, I will, I will say my my thoughts are, you know, I, I, it, the whole thing with the bone broth, um, narrative feels like such a throwback to like 2002 posh spice like heroin chic kate moss it's very entertaining to me that people would like follow gwyneth paltrow for wellness advice particularly in the world of diets because it's like we did this guys we did this like two decades ago we've evolved we're different now we understand culturally that our bodies are different and need nutrients and uh need to be celebrated don't we don't all need to be the same wayfish uh figure i say as ozempic becomes hyper popular around the world uh but i i think that to me gwyneth paltrow only represents gwyneth paltrow and her voice is extreme she's the most gwyneth paltrow of all the people out there in the world so of course She's going to love bone broth. It makes so much sense to me. I have to laugh at it because this woman never breaks character. I mean, she truly never does. It's been decades. She's been promoting the same thing. If any of us are anticipating, expecting, looking to Gwyneth Paltrow to suddenly talk about a great cacio e pepe that she had last night or the great burger joint that she found a couple blocks down that she's pumped about that she takes her kids to to get some fries after soccer practice. She ain't that bitch. She's not that bitch. She's not going to do that for us. She's going to talk to us about bone broth. She's going to talk to us about coffee and liquid diets. And that's who she is. She's not going to change. So I think the narrative has to be shifted on our end. We have to take Gwyneth Paltrow in the context of who she is. She's shown us her whole ass. We know who she is at this point. Yeah. That's Gwyneth Paltrow. She's selling as her vagina. Like Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like when someone tells them who you are, believe them. Gwyneth Paltrow's never really said anything. But it's like um, the producer of this show, Fiona, said before we got on, one of their favorite quotes is uh, of Gwyneth Paltrow is something like, it's all about balance, cigarettes and tofu. Because I think Gwyneth, and I am loath to defend Gwyneth Paltrow in any way, just so you all know, like she does once in a while eat a plate of pasta with Mario Batali. And she does once in a while smoke a cigarette. And then right. I think what it's all about is detoxing. It's like she's constantly detoxing. Guess what? Our bodies are created to detox on their own. We have livers. We have parts of our body that <laughs> detox. Like all of this aided and like detoxing, that's like what her whole thing is based on. Like I read a book like about wellness a long time ago that was just like, we don't really need to detox. Like we're detoxing all the time. <laughs> so that's what's funny to me. But also I do feel like, and that maybe why this is why this trial is kind of like delighting me a little bit, is like there is kind of like a twinkle behind Gwyneth's eye where she's a little bit self-aware. She's a little bit yeah. like, I know, 
this is this is me. Like, I don't know. There's something about it that makes me laugh about her where, like, even though I, like, hate Goop. Like, I hate everything mm-hmm. about Goop. I really don't like any – I would never follow a thing she said. But there's something – like, the wink and the trial is, like – funny to me. Can I just say to that point, I don't know if you guys saw the first episode of Succession season four, just came out this past Mm -hmm. week. Amazing, amazing. I see so much of Gwyneth Paltrow in Nan Pierce, the character who complains about how, oh God, it's disgusting to talk about numbers. I don't want to talk about numbers. But then she is so quick to milk an extra four billion out of the Roy kids. I just, and you, and you know, she knows what she's doing. Oh, sorry, sorry. That is when I've watched it. I don't watch it. <laughs> Gwyneth is Nan Pierce, is what I'm saying. In in that moment, in other moments, I I just she she does have a little twinkle in her eye with this with this uh, trial. I really appreciate her disclosing her diet. You know, okay. Like hmm. I once upon a time did the coffee first thing in the morning at noon. I have heartburn, so it didn't work for me, and you know I resent that. <laughs> um, otherwise, I probably would still be doing it. But I appreciate her sharing what she is, because then you can look at her and be like, okay, you know, that's not realistic for me. Like, I'm not going to be that skinny because I don't want to eat bone broth for lunch and then only have vegetables for dinner. You know, like I want to enjoy my food and let my body detox on its own. And maybe every once in a while I will do, you know, the prolon five-day fast that I very much enjoy doing. So like, I, I appreciate that she's like, this is what I eat. Instead of like what sometimes annoy me on the other end is like people who take like one bite of their pizza online, those bitches did not eat that whole slice. <laughs> they just took one slice for the gram and then want to tell us how down they are, you know, how everyday they are. And it's like, no, you're not. Like you didn't eat the whole pizza and, you know, like that's not really who you are. So stop yeah. trying to be someone else. And she is, you know, to Grace's point, who she is. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I, you know what, Julissa, I think I'm of two minds. On one hand, I, I agree with you. I think it's refreshing to see a celebrity who's very thin be like, this is what I have to do in order to be very thin. And like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like, you, I'm not going to pretend that I'm just like eating like a normal person and I'm actually nourishing my body. I'm just going to tell you what I'm really doing. I remember a few years ago, Mika Brzezinski, the TV host, said something about like how if women want to be skinny like her, they can only eat a certain amount of food. And it was like a deprivation amount of food. Mm. Um, and a lot of people got mad at it. And I I completely see why that would be something that's kind of infuriating. Um, I don't, I don't think like teenage girls, for example, people who are really impressionable and like, you know, people who are susceptible to disordered eating, that's not, it's super unhelpful for them to hear. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there's like something to be said for the honesty is like, yeah, this is literally what everybody does. Like people yeah. in, in, in Hollywood, people in entertainment go to crazy lengths to maintain a slim figure, like insane lengths. This brings me full circle to like why I find this whole trial thing so annoying because we give so much attention to celebrities and we like prop them up as like these idols, as like these people we should follow, as like we should look like them, we should live like them when it is so completely unrealistic, right? And and then you and then you have sort of the impressionable teenagers who are idolizing these people who we should not be idolizing. 
you know? Like that's, this is exactly why the whole thing is just like a big eye roll for me. Yeah, and the truth is most people couldn't afford probably to do the diet that she's doing anyway. Not that bone broth is expensive, but does everyone have an infrared sauna at the ready? Like, you know, (laughs) you can't like – this isn't all accessible to a lot of people in a lot of ways. Besides health, there's like socioeconomic ways. But I will clarify that she later said that this was her diet – post long COVID. She's had long COVID and this is how she's healing from long COVID. So it's not, she said, it's not a recommendation and it's not like a diet I would say everybody should do every day. I don't think she clarified that on the podcast. I think she clarified that later when everybody came for her about her crazy diet. But, Mm -hmm. you know. And that is a little bit on us. Like it's a little bit on us for her to share what she eats and then for the rest of us to take it as she's telling us, what we yeah. should eat. Yes. Like that's not yeah. what she's yeah. saying, you know? And that's on us that we're like projecting, like, you know, But hasn't that. she hasn't she built a $250 million company on the idea that if you just buy a certain product or do a certain thing, you too can be like Gwyneth Paltrow? Like I always felt like she kind of served as the proof of concept for her goop brand. Like you buy these things in order to move closer toward this like skinny, white, rich, mildly but that's crunchy like every ideal. brand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just think that like maybe my pushback on her saying her diet is not like necessarily an endorsement of her diet is like, yeah, but like you literally started a newsletter in 2008 that was yeah. like, here are all the things that I do. Right. If you want to follow me. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that there's like, yes, on one hand, it is sort of refreshing to see honesty about the lengths that skinny, famous people go to remain skinny. But I also think that like, on the other hand, she's like selling her life mm-hmm. as something that's yeah. obtainable. To that point, Erin, I, I, like, I, as, as ref- I, I totally understand the perspective that it is refreshing to see the kind of honesty – uh, that she's putting forth that there's a level of transparency that I think we're getting at here too, where she really is kind of the model figure for her brand. But I do think that the next level of that transparency would be her saying like, yeah, I do eat bone broth, but also it sucks. Like talk about how it's not easy. Talk about mm. how it's not great. Talk mm. about how it's difficult. That I think would make her accessible if that's something she's going for. She's not obviously, but that to me is the, the true the, the true uh, fulfillment of transparency that we have yet to see from Gwyneth Paltrow or most most celebrities, you know? Like, the, I think this, this this it really isn't just a, a Gwyneth um, issue. I think there's a lot of celebrities that do go through a lot, like you mentioned, Aaron, to be as thin as possible and, like, crazy, crazy lengths. But they don't really talk about how hard it is. And I understand that, like, there's so much that is difficult, like, truly difficult out there for people that doesn't involve starving yourself to look good in a size two dress or whatever. Um, but I just... I just think that if people really wanted to be transparent about it, they could. They could discuss how difficult it is. And we don't we don't really hear that. Yeah. I have a friend who's a um like a very jacked comedian, actor, well-known person, and he will openly be like, Yeah, I have to drink blended chicken. Like I drink a smoothie of chicken. It's disgusting. Like yeah. he openly mm-hmm. talks about how it sucks, but like that's how <laughs> yeah. I look this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, when I was when I was writing it, always sunny. Um, I was there the season that Rob McElhaney got like super jacked yes. to do that dance at the end of the season, and like we all watched what he 
you know, we all saw what everyone ate. We were in a writer's room, right? And he would have like just a chicken breast and a pile of greens every day. And he would just like hate, like by the end, he was just like, I'm so, I'm so tired of this. Like he had to work so hard and he complained about it all the time. I feel like men who kind of do the transformation thing are maybe more allowed to complain about it than women because part of what we're supposed to do is make it seem effortless. Yes. Like we're supposed to hide all the, the work that we put in to, to do whatever it is we're trying to do, whether that work was like healthy, good work or like dangerous, unhealthy work. Grace, you're nodding. I would love to. Yeah, I, I, I remember I'm flashing back to like 2008, a friend of mine, male friend of mine said something to the effect of uh, – the, the framing of this is, is odd, but the, the context was in some ways women have it easier because their ideal body weight, just their ideal body just involves not doing anything like doing less, like eating less, like whatever. Well, as with men, our ideal physique involves gaining a lot of muscle, which is not something you can just like not eat and do, you know, you have to like put a lot of effort into it. The framing of it is all terrible to assume that like it's easier for men than it or easier for women than it is for men to achieve that so-called ideal. But there's, I think, a nugget of, of truth in that. There's a, there's a nugget of, of like, because we, the ideal sort of male physique involves a lot of muscle, we do see it as something that necessitates a lot of work per se. So we give yeah. credit and credence to men who go through that work rather than to women who, yeah, just just to simply quote unquote starve yourself is like the easier path. Obviously it's not, obviously it's 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 not ideal, but um yeah, that that's just what came to mind. It's <laughs> crazy comparison. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. I, I think another way that Gwyneth Paltrow is like sort of fascinating and like inextricably part of the culture is her like tie to like whiteness. Yeah. Um, Jaleesa, I would, I would love to hear your thoughts on like Gwyneth's place in the culture at large and within like whiteness. Yes, I will answer that. But before I I answer that question, um, I just wanted to say that if I had to share my beauty regimen so people could look like this, you'd be surprised actually how effortless it is. So (laughs) (laughs) I just have to, I honestly just, I have to force myself to wash my face every single night, even on days where I'm really tired and I just want to go to sleep with my makeup on. But then I hear my mother in the back of my head telling me how the worst insult I could give myself is to go to sleep with a dirty face. Like she legit <laughs> would tell me that when I was younger. So I love that. I wash my face every day and that's how you get this skin. And <laughs> shocker, there is a goop serum that I actually really love <gasps> that I once got in a gift bag and I used it and I really liked it. And so then I went to go buy more of it because I actually really like it. Is it, it the vitamin C? Not because one of Peltra told me to. Is it the vitamin C? It's not. Serum? It's like a night, like a night oil, oh. night oil serum. Um, hmm. I don't even remember what it's called, but uh, but yeah, there is one product, one goop product that I use and that I love. Erin um, so, and Grace, you have you guys ever bought anything off of Goop? I'm curious. I have never. I do get her Thursday newsletter, which I will sometimes peruse. Okay. It lands in my promotions tab on my Gmail. So I don't always see it because it's like, you know, there's dozens of whatever shitty newsletters. But yeah, I will sometimes peruse it. I will say that the clothing, purses, accessories, all that seem exorbitant. I don't know who they're for. They're insane. I'm on the website right now. There's like a $1,900 jumpsuit from someone I've never heard of. Like, 
it's like I do. I do want to go back to this question about the what's like her place, yes, in the yes, culture yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it relates to to me liking the scoop uh, product, which is that like she's never been part of 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 my like cultural sphere or like you know I've never considered her like a person of the culture or like who's propelling culture. And maybe that's just because like, I'm just not into all those like celebrity news, like just in general. Um, but, you know, I do see how so many people do consider her to be that. Um, and maybe because I don't is why I was like, I felt comfortable buying this like goop serum after I used the trial size one in the gift bag. Um, but yeah, I think to me, that's kind of like, the issue is like we take these people and we just kind of like assume that like everybody is all up in their business and like everybody's been influenced by these people. And, you know, I know this isn't Sandy Petty, but um, I'm just thinking about like the time cover of Bad Bunny and it's like the first time all Spanish cover of time. Uh, and, you know, this Latino artist is on the cover. And to me, like he's defining culture, you know, like and and it, I was very annoyed by the caption, which was like, Bad Bunny doesn't try to um, uh, cater to the mainstream. And it's like, bitch, like we are the mainstream, you mm -hmm. know? Like mm -hmm. it's maybe he's not very mainstream, mainstream yeah. but like, yeah. and, you know, and, and the people he's catering to, us, Latinos, you know, and more specifically Puerto Ricans. I'm not Puerto Rican, but, um, but Latina, like that is a mainstream, you know? So- mm -hmm. I guess maybe that's why, I mean, I follow, when I say I don't follow celebrity news, I guess that's a lie because I do very much follow Bad Bunny. You know, <laughs> are you following his, are, I was going to say, you must be following his girlfriend suing him for $40 million. A hundred percent. We could have, you know, we could have a whole conversation about that's the next pod for that sure. legal battle. So if, if yeah. Bad Bunny launched a website and a newsletter and called it Boop, you would subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> you would 100 percent subscribe. Yeah, you would but, try the uh, serums but, but, or whatever. I mean, I'm also not trying to get his sneakers. You know, it's like yeah. I, I'm also not trying to buy his shit. Like, I mean, if I get it, I get it. But it's not like if I like it, I will get it. But I'm not buying it because Bad Bunny told me to buy it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Okay, so just to wrap up this part of the conversation, do you think? that Gwyneth Paltrow is going to have to pay this optometrist or not? Do you think she's going to be found liable or not? No way. And, and like, she's going to get that $1 no? and she's going to take it all the way to the bank. Okay. Kara, <laughs> what do you think? No, I mean, honestly, looking into like the actual like specifics of the case a little bit, it's like she, the, his attorney said to her, and then you said, you skied into my fucking back. And Gwyneth Paltrow said, yes. And then I said that I was upset. So even his side is saying he skied into her back. Like, there's no world where this man skied into her. Maybe he was in her. It's like, you know how when you're in, like, a fender bender, the person that's behind is kind of always at fault? Mm -hmm. Even if the person in front, like, stopped short or did something irresponsible, the person behind is responsible. Like, even if Gwyneth Paltrow stopped to check her fucking to make sure her moon dust powder for her smoothies was arriving in time, <laughs> like, on her phone... It doesn't matter. He skied into her, in my opinion. It's what it seems like they're setting up the scenario. And so I think she's going to win. She's going to get that dollar. I uh, think Julie, she's going to so get that you, dollar. 
What do you think? Yeah, I think she's going to win too. Uh, and I kind of, you know, I kind of hope she does because if there's something more annoying than celebrities is people who just see dollar signs and then go after people, you know, because of their celebrity, um, which again, I haven't been keeping a, like a super close eye, but Kara sort of went through all the points of like why it sounds like the guy really is like, because it was like one other thing really quickly that um, were like some of his, the people he was with told him that he just ran into Gwyneth Paltrow. And then after that, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'm injured, you know? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. to say that, I mean, he, he, all of these things that he's going through, like they might be very possible, you know, when I when I had my skiing accident, there was absolutely no one around. Like I just fell on my own. Uh, like I was on crutches for over a year in New York oh. City. It was terrible. Oh you God. know, and unfortunately oh. I had no one to sue uh, in this yeah. situation. yeah. Mm. Well, we will be waiting on tenterhooks to see the results of this <laughs> trial of the century. And in the meantime, anytime Gwyneth Paltrow is in headlines, I think for reasons I still can't fully articulate, I will click on the headline to be like, what's she up to now? <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Okay, we're back. Before we get to Sandy Petty, I have some announcements for the class. 
Get ready to be transported back to 1973 New York City with Stift, the new podcast from Crooked Media and iHeartRadio. In this eight-part series, host Jennifer Romolini takes you on a wild ride through the rise and fall of Viva, the erotic magazine for women, started by porn king publisher Bob Guccione that rocked the publishing world. With a team of feminist writers and editors behind it, Viva, in its original form, had full frontal male nudity, a fashion section run by Anna Wintour, and cover stars like Bianca Jagger. But were they doomed to fail from the beginning? Check out the first two episodes of Stift right now. Listen for free on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, announcement number two. The Crooked Store's new collection is all about the fight to codify Roe v. Wade. We thought about getting codify Roe tattooed on our faces, but t-shirts just made more sense. The Crooked Store just dropped a new collection that's all about the fight to codify Roe, and we'll be wearing it everywhere until every American has the right to an abortion. Codifying Roe means passing legislation that protects the right to abortion in all 50 states. We can't rely on the courts to uphold reproductive rights, as we have seen, so we're turning to our legislators, and the Crooked Store has everything you need to spread the word. The collection includes water bottles, stickers, and unisex tees because it's on all of us to get the message out there. Head to crooked.com slash to pick yours up now. And welcome back. Grace is still with me. Julius is still with me. Care is still with me. You're still with me. Let's get to Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty, aka Sandy Petty. All right, Grace, what do you got for us? Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty this week? All right, I'm petty about something that I have not yet consumed. So I would like to say that. Now, my my, my mind might completely change after I try this product. But I read recently uh, a lot of hoopla over Starbucks releasing these new lattes with olive oil, which... To me, it just feels like, guys, we don't need to put olive oil in everything. I love olive oil. Don't get me wrong. I am fully converted to vanilla ice cream with olive oil and some flakes of sea salt. Delicious. I love it. I use olive oil every day in cooking. Does it need to also be in our coffee? I just don't think so. I just don't think so. And I feel like we are at the saturation point when it comes to olive oil. It just needs to stop. It just needs to stop. It just needs to stop. I'm mad at it. Now I haven't consumed it. Maybe it's delicious. A couple friends have. They're not impressed. I'd like to trust their opinion, so I will. But I'm petty about this, guys. I just think we need we need to stop it. Olive oil is in its lane. It doesn't need to be in 20 other lanes. Give it a little bit of a breather. You know what I mean? Give it give it give it a breather. Oh, Stay in your lane, also, olive oil. It's so it's so unimaginative because yes. it, it's just they're like knock version of like caveman coffee. <laughs> yes. Which like I know about yeah. because because as every good CrossFitter, I used to do CrossFit. Um, <laughs> got I had to get it in there, um, and like it, you know, but it was like it was like it was like this amazing. And, and that coffee was amazing, but it had just like a lot of butter and it yeah. had oil, like different kinds of oil, and it was and it was actually like very delicious. But this just sounds like like the bare minimum of trying to do a caveman version of coffee. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna interject real quick and say like. Italians, like Italy Italians, Italian grandmas, put olive oil in everything and have for a really long time. So this olive oil, putting olive oil in everything like as a trend in the U.S. kind of reminds me of how like we started putting like chai spice, like from chai tea and calling it pumpkin spice and putting pumpkin spice in everything. (laughs) But really it's like chai, it's like like tea from like... South Asia. It's not. It's not pumpkin spice. Um, yeah. So I mean, Itali- Italian grandmas would would say put olive oil in more stuff. I I would I would say. But um, but otherwise, your point is well taken. Uh, Kara, 
Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty this week? Okay, I'm going to go Sanity because I'll tell you, I mean, listen, the last time I was on the show, we talked about how do you get through the fact that like the news cycle is so depressing. And for me, it's Bravo. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but recently something's been going on in the Bravo sphere that's called the Scandaval. And that has been keeping me sane. If you don't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) I'm looking at a lot of blank faces right now. I've Um, heard of it, but I don't know the minutiae. The Scandaval, okay, so The Scandaval is on a show called Vanderpump Rules that is mm-hmm. literally a reality show about young 20-somethings in L.A. They're now all in their 30-somethings because it's been on for 10 They're seasons. 40s. Some of them are yeah, 40. Yeah, like some of them are 40. And they are, they work at bars and restaurants, but obviously as the show has gotten more popular, they have opened their own restaurants, they have products, blah, blah, blah. So now they're all like mini Bravo celebrities. And Julie's is like, who cares about celebrity? This is even worse. These are like the biggest, these are Bravo celebrities. So it's even worse. It's more vapid than you could even imagine. And basically this couple has been on the show together for nine years. And we just found out that the guy has been cheating on her for the last seven months with this like bimbo who's also on the show and it exploded. Okay. I saw a meme that explains it perfectly. Imagine if Chandler was cheating on Monica with Rachel and Joey knew the entire time. That's what's happened. That's what's happened. And it's like, but it's also a very interesting thing because these people have opened bars and restaurants that essentially are based on their personalities and based on who they are. So should these businesses suffer because this guy is a total asshole? Like, I don't know. Like, he wrote a post saying, please, like, don't blame the people that work at my restaurant for what my actions and all this stuff. And honestly, I'm on a thread with a bunch of girls. And every time a new piece of information comes in, it's like a dopamine kick that I need to get through the next (laughs) 10 minutes of life. I'm loving everything about the Scandaval. And I know that the Hysteria listeners are probably too highbrow for this, but shout, hit me up on Instagram if you, if you feel seen right now. (laughs) I mean, it is a great distraction because it's like ultimately has absolutely no bearing on most things. Like it is the most contained the biggest amount of drama contained in the least amount of like collateral damage space. So I can see that being sanity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the girl he cheated on is just really cool. Joy. And like she didn't deserve that. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Um, okay. So speaking of Bravo, mine is a, mine is an, I feel petty. Um, and it relates to Bravo and my Ooh. home water, the university of Notre Dame. And I'm, I'm putting this in petty because I considered putting it in news, and I realized that I'm sure stuff like this happens at colleges and universities, especially colleges and universities with a religious affiliation. I'm sure it happens all the time. But, like, you know, I'm just – I don't think – I'm just not going to let this this shit slide. It It's just really fucked up, and it makes me mad. Okay, so the business college at Notre Dame is called the Mendoza College of Business. They had their first diversity and heritage ball this last Saturday on March 25th. Um, And all of the clubs were asked to participate and kind of show off their culture, like women in business, MBA veterans, Latin American club, black graduates, etc. The LGBTQ plus and allies club wanted to bring a prominent RuPaul drag queen to campus in collaboration with a couple of the other clubs. Do you know Um, which one? 
I don't know which one. Okay. So they requested. I, I can I can get more information for you, Kara, and 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 give that to you ASAP. Okay. Okay. So they re- they requested to have this this RuPaul contestant speak at like a fireside chat and then speak at an event for ten minutes and sing a song because the drag queen is like a very good singer. Uh, but the university denied it. Uh, the university, they were like, okay, well, what if we didn't have this person sing a song? No, the answer was still no. The university said it wasn't business oriented, and so it didn't align with the club's mission, right? But no other club, no other clubs like performer or like representative or entertainment had to be business oriented. This was the only time the university applied this standard. The university has also hosted an anti-trans speaker on campus in the last year. Again, none of this is surprising given the fact that it's a Catholic university, but I think that what is noteworthy is the fact that these kids, they're not kids, but you know, these students are kind of not taking this laying down. They're speaking out. Uh, It's become kind of a minor. It's blown up a little bit on campus. I'm really proud of the students that are standing up for this and for LGBTQ members of the Notre Dame community. Um, I also want to let our listeners know that um, you can share, you can find out more by looking up the Mendoza College of Business's Instagram. They have more information there. Uh, You can also email info.mendoza at nd.edu. Um, or president at nd.edu and let them know what you think about it. And if you're interested in donating money, the university has a fundraising day. You can donate specifically to a club. My group of girlfriends and I are going to like put our, like pool our money together for like one big donation specifically to LGBTQ clubs on Notre Dame's campus as a sign that we support those people and that we disapprove of what the university did. So petty because it's like just, oh, this thing happened at my college. But I think that it happens everywhere. And I think that it's really brave when students stand up. So that's what I feel petty about this week. Julissa, do you want to round us out? Yes. Um, And just to say, man, we really do need, we really do have a lot of work to do. And uh, I didn't go to Notre Dame, but uh, I'm going to sell you. Uh, Venmo you so that I can give a small donation too. Oh, thanks, thanks. You can be you can be part of my like girlfriend click from ND. You're an honorary <laughs> there member. There you go. <laughs> um, so I have a petty situation over here, um, and it relates to sports and how god awful it is to be a sports fan um, right now. Because, well, first of all, I don't really usually care about baseball that much or really at all. Uh, But then there was the World Baseball Classic and like the Mexico team, uh, you know, against like all odds, like beat, like they beat the US like really badly. And then they beat the Puerto Rico team who had just beat the Dominican team. And then we were playing Japan. And so I was like, I was like getting really excited. I was actually starting to watch the games. And then we lost against Japan. And I was like heartbroken. And I just felt very petty that like Twitter... (laughs) pulled me into this world's uh-huh. baseball classic only to then like break my heart. <laughs> uh, I was like, why? <laughs> like, why? I, I like, I was living my life just fine. And why did you guys have to make me care about this? <laughs> and then, oh, you know, similarly, uh. I had not been keeping up with like March Madness. I, I had not been keeping up with like Texas basketball. Uh, and then, you know, a friend of mine had to, he just had to text me and be like, oh, we're like, 
were, I think this was like when we were going to the Sweet 16. And so then I watched that game. And then, you know, the Elite Eight game um, just just happened. Uh, and I watched the whole entire game. Uh, yeah. We were up by 13. And then we lost the lead. And we lost the game. And we don't get to go to the Final Four for the first time in 20 years. And again, <laughs> like... I was not even watching. Like I was, you know, <laughs> trying to nest, trying to get my baby's room ready. And then these Julissa, did you do did had you do any get did you do care any brackets as well? I only had not for my heart to be broken. Brackets, all going all in on the University of Houston, which no, I did I not go. attend. But because I'm from Houston, suddenly I'm obsessed with it. And man, did it I just got uh-huh. my heart broken. Oh my God. I completely get it. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. So broken. There is this liver of uh there is this liver of sort of like I'm glad uh which is that because Houston lost and because Texas lost the final four tickets have like plummeted in price. And <laughs> so like all these scalp- scalpers are having a really hard time like making a big profit and I'm like good because I hate it that good. You know, yeah. scalping yeah. exists in like exactly yeah. they were like at least if not Houston Texas yeah the final four is in Houston and then it was like University of Texas you know where it's it's close by like it's so yeah so anyways it would have been great um, had Texas gone to the final four <laughs> um, but you know such is my luck to be fan <laughs> of sports team oh that God. continually Julissa- disappoint me I don't know if this happened to you, but when I was pregnant, so your brain basically like get freaks out when you're pregnant and like erases a bunch of memories and then makes your amygdala bigger because like if you were more scared, you're more likely <laughs> to keep a baby alive from like, I don't know, dingoes or whatever. It's like this primitive caveman br- brain thing that happens. But as a result of that happening to me, everything that was like high stakes by the end of my pregnancy was like insurmountably stressful for me. Like sports, it was just like, I can't even watch. I can't watch anything now. Like I could scary movies. I was crying. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Like, oh man. Yeah, that's real. uh, That's real. Just blame it. Blame it on your brain. You know, like it's it's your brain's fault. Um, Okay. Well, I, I hope that you're licking your wounds and starting to feel better. And that's all the time we have this week. Thank you to Zakia Thomas from the ERA Coalition for stopping by. Thank you to Kara and Julissa for coming by and having a great conversation. Grace, you did an incredible job filling Alyssa Mastromonaco's giant shoes. I, I mean, I actually don't think her shoes are that big, but you know what I mean. Like, figuratively, giant shoes. And listeners, thank you to each of you for tuning in. There will be more hysteria next week. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroot. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? 
Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.